With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Secrets and recipes. Blog Talk Radio. Greetings, greetings, greetings. Come on in. All is a blessing. All is a blessing. It is another powerful addition of Yeah. 
shakes rascals to have sacrifice. The owner of warnings is the one who is Eshu. Aboru, aboye, aboshishe, ashe. May I ever reach a room. May I ever be accepted. May I ever allow what we desire to come to pass. And so we say ashe, ashe, and ashe. Divine all blessed peace and love. Joy and prosperity, elevation, revelation, revelations, and manifestations. We are indeed now sitting again live with House of the Divine Prince, High Potions, Hoodoo Central, in this beautiful, historic, most enchanted city in America, New Orleans, Louisiana, the land of my ancestors and those who came before me along this Hoodoo Obey a Life Path and Journey. Passing down the great obia stick, along with the knowledge of the life-giving herbs, roots, plants, rituals, spirits, minerals, and indeed our sacred stories. I'm always humbled and honored and appreciative to be forward with you in this shared sacred space that we all self-create here at high noon U.S. Central Standard Time. It's a different time, whatever zone you might be existing in, in this international audience. But indeed, it is high noon U.S. Central Standard Time here in Louisiana. And I am sharing with you in all things spiritual, mystical, metaphysical, cosmic, evolutionary, revolutionary healing, and holistic from a Pan-African hoodoo world spiritualist perspective understanding that all is truly and indeed a blessing. If you can just see beyond the veil, sometimes you got to close your eyes to see beyond the veil. <laughs> Some of y'all understand. <laughs> For it is all just an illusion and a test, a challenge, and one of the greatest divine mysteries of this life cycle. Why are we here? What is our purpose? Raison d'etre. So indeed, it is always humbling to be 
given the opportunity to affirm and, and reverberate and reiterate my ever-living reality with you and for you in this shared space. It is indeed about demonstration. It's more than just herb knowledge and memory and recipe knowledge and memory and how to burn a candle and how to dress a candle. It's, it's so much deeper than that. Indeed, it pulls at our wisdom. Indeed, it pulls at our heart. Indeed, it pulls at our soul purpose. And we live in a society today designed to detach us, to separate us from our soul purpose. There are many distractions, many distractions. Uh, legitimate distractions might be a relative usage of words. But indeed, there are distractions. People got bills to pay. People got stomachs to feed. People have housing to, to maintain. People have lives to live. People have bodies to heal and to bring wellness to. People have hearts and souls that need to be healed and brought wellness to. So I want to reiterate the value and purpose and the sacredness of, indeed, this shared space and, and why we're here. You might find me entertaining. You might find me comical. You, you might find me serious. But, indeed, I'm here to fulfill the ministry of ATR, traditional African-based religious systems. Indeed, they feel familiar to you. Indeed, they intersect with you. Indeed, they harmonize with you. For all things come out of the belly and the womb of the great mother, Mother Africa. And that's not just black nationalism. That's not just Afrocentricity. That is science that says that the black womb gave birth to humanity. And so, indeed, we always open and acknowledge and show honor and gratitude to our ancestors and those who came before and those who laid the foundation for which we now stand. Understanding that they are not gone from us. They haven't disappeared. They haven't blown away as dust in the wind. For indeed, they support us upon our shoulders, upon their shoulders. Upon their shoulders, the great ancestors support us and keep us. That is not just voodoo. That is science. Science now agrees that Ancestral memory survives and is maintained in our blood. So today, as in all days, but particularly this Wednesday, August 11th, 2021, I am emanating and vibrating with you and for you now, live, virtually, verbally, cosmically, quantum universally, from this working temple of the House of the Divine Prince. And I am always grateful to help in the creation of sacred space, which is indeed critical to all that we do, we say, we represent, to all that we be. For indeed, we are being watched. We are being observed. We are being absorbed, not just by your loved ones or your children or or, or your inner circle or your peers or your co-workers, but indeed, we are biases. We are the populace. We move life 
in America and, and in whatever country and region of the world you are listening and observing me right now. So as spiritualists, as religious and spiritual leaders, as cultural leaders and activists and ad- advocates for wellness and, and change, understand that we stand, we rest upon great shoulders. And if you can envision that in your imagination, you know, your ancestors standing, supporting your feet with their hands, and they're sitting upon, you know, we're sitting upon their shoulders and they're supporting our feet in their hands. And then the next generation sits upon the shoulder and we support their feet in our hands. And those of us who are living now, whether you have children or not, indeed you have nieces, nephews, cousins, brothers, sisters, siblings, peers, community, you are now setting the foundation, holding the feet of the generation that's going to come after you. And not just after you transition, but right now in this most present time while you're living. This is the magic moment. Right now, the the past is a memory. It is a memory. The future is just an imagination, <laughs> you know, a, a creative imagination. But it is indeed this present moment in time space that we live in, that we exist in, that we have our very being in. And so, let's talk about the fold. Let's increase the fold. Let's reexamine what the fold is. And who the fold be in 2021? Some of you hear Christian energy or feel Christian energy and hear Christian attachments to the fold. But I beg to offer that, indeed, this community right now, those who are here in this space right now, virtually, literally, figuratively, wherever you are observing and hearing right now, we indeed are the fold. And I offered to my beloved mother uh, this morning that Evangelist Savage that indeed we are the future. And there will be many imams, many pastors, many bishops, many priests who, who won't be happy about the shift and won't be happy about this shift for the wrong reasons. For indeed, the fold is just a place of, of consciousness and, and, and righteousness and development and evolution and healed people creating and recreating a space that continues to heal people and then produce great kings and queens and and warriors and rulers and leaders and activists and artisans of all shapes, size, and indeed colors. So I beg of you to utilize your device Utilize your internet connection that you pay a bill for every month. Utilize this space to share, but also to create and recreate the reality that mirrors your best interest. So indeed, I offer to you that this is the community, this is the village of, of now, but indeed of the future. Many would like to see us turn the clock back to the 50s. Many of us would like to see us turn the clock back, you know, to, to pre-civil rights uh, legislation. Many would like to see us turn the 
flock back to Negroes knowing their place and, and operating within a, a system of enslavement. We've got to understand that there are many tools in the operation of that system. And it's not just iron and steel and, and machinery and mechanics, or indeed that plays a role. But as that great magical book says, we wrestle not against flesh and blood. That's the illusion. The reality is we wrestle against spiritual spiritual wickedness in high places, principalities, principles, spiritual wickedness in high places, rulers of the darkness of this world, those who would indeed seek the continued comatose state of two-thirds of the world so that a third of the world can survive and live without guilt, without attachment, without reservation, without responsibility for the whole and, and how we affect the whole. So let's not continue to operate in the Western mindset of me, myself, and I, and it's just about me right now, and it's just about how I get mine right now. For indeed, you're in your getting, in your getting, in your growth, in your development, in your, in your progress. We all progress. We all grow. We all develop. We all learn and find and see a new way to survive. So I want to talk today and, and share today and offer you both my Blog Talk Radio audience at area code 845-277-9143. You can also join us here live now with your cam and uh, come right on, on screen with us. Please uh, forgive me. Um, as you can see, my cousins aren't are with me right now. So I'm a little slow on uh, catching up to the chat. But you can join us in the chat. You can also follow the uh, link that, that's scrolling and popped on just now and join us in the conversation. I want to hear your experiences. I want to hear your history with voodoo, hoodoo, conjure, root work, African traditional religions. Greetings, cousin, beloved Lakita. How you doing, girlfriend? How you doing? Greetings, F. Marie, Matt, Austin, Bay. Greetings, Alexis Williams. Apollon, greetings, beloved. Uh, Shamakia Rothschild. My cousin is in the chat. Aburu Aburye, Abushise, Divine, Baba Oloye, and family. I'm driving and almost home, but she will be coming through. So we welcome you, beloved cousins. Two of my cousins in the house. All is a blessing, beloved. There's nothing to be uh, self forgiven for. We're busy. <laughs> We're busy, and I understand. And you have uh, children, so I, I get it. I get it. Uh, Shamafia says, Mama Otan, we are honored to have you whenever you come in. You are always on time. Yeah, she's always on time. And, of course, the royal queen mother is in the house, Evangelist Gary Vontel Savage. My beloved mother, greetings to you as well. We always are honored and humbled and appreciative of you coming on through. My uh, 
cousin, first cousin, the soul's greetings, beloved. She's also so happy to be here and with the family. This is always a family reunion for me of sorts, living uh, figuratively. I'm always honored when my family, my blood family, come through, and then I'm grateful when my spiritual family shows through. Uh, he's back into the education field. He looks forward to seeing us all very soon. But he sends his peace and love. So we're grateful. Greetings, greetings. Uh, greetings, Mr. R, beloved. I have no idea who you are, but greetings. We certainly appreciate your joining us. So we certainly um, are having a family reunion. Some is about family reunion and community and rock parties and coming together. The fitness girl, yes, she's a long-term listener, participant, and co-host to the show. Siobhan, the goddess, greetings, beloved. Greetings and salutations to you and yours. I don't know, it's something about your cheekbones that just gives me a wreath of Franklin. Yes, you are so beautiful, honey. Greetings, greetings. Santa Mueto, bless us with the greatest cloak of knowledge to evolve our ori. Ashe, Ashea, Asheo. Do you do work studies? Work studies. Um, as, as literate as I sound and as articulate as I am, DP, beloved, uh, another regular co-host and listener participant, I need some kind of definition of what you mean by work studies. Um, I was asked a similar question in another platform the other day, Mysteries in Motion, uh, still featured at the Presbyterian Museum in Jackson Square, the Louisiana State Museum, oldest museum in, in the state. Uh, Mystery in Motion, it's an exhibit featuring black masking carnival uh, tradition, of which I'm greatly featured. Uh, and a question was asked in a uh, symposium just recently in the last week about do I teach classes? And so again, I need to redefine, I think we need to redefine work study, classes. What exactly does that mean? Because in the politically correct environment of the West, uh, we say class, so you know anybody can pay and anybody can take and earn credit or earn a grade or, or earn a skill or earn a certificate. But when we're looking at Akan, Fon, Ewe, Yoruba. And that's why the knowledge of the ethnic connection is critical. Because when we say voodoo to the, to the unlearned, it's very general, it's very limited in its scope. Or vice versa. It's so broad that, that in their mind it encompasses many things that aren't exactly ATR. So I believe that one should be born into this tradition, and if we were in our most appropriate, unscathed un, uh, environments, no colonizers, no oppressors, no mid-Atlantic trade, you know, of slaves, uh, or of, of enslaved Africans, I should say, um, we would be born into our ethnic group, we would be born into our lineage, we would know our ancestors to invoke to acknowledge for the family, for the community, we would know certain deities to invoke and acknowledge. The mid-Atlantic slave trade literally created a new pathway for ATR 
no matter which ethnic group or branch. Look at it as a seed of sorts, and we pass through that, and now every lineage is reborn, renewed, takes on some new elements, has to evolve, has to grow to fit a new environment. Some would suggest the Loai wanted that. Some would suggest the Orisha wanted that. Some would suggest that God wanted that, you know, to, to grow, to expand now in a new place. I'm not talking about enslavement. But to, in spite of enslavement, to continue to grow and develop the powers of our ancestral awareness to a new level. And so I think people should have a commitment. People should feel some level of of, uh, loyalty, not to me or to the practitioner or to the house or or even to your particular uh, lineage within these traditions, but to the ancestors, and to the Most High, to be as uh, full of integrity as possible, morality as possible, not to trade and sell the culture, not to use the culture, um, you know, as a crutch for very Western sort of notion. So this is a, you've been here for a while, so you know I'm not talking about your question specifically, but just how it shows up in the world. Um one of my complaints about our sacred space in Congo Square is seeing, you know, a white tour class teaching people how to make voodoo dolls at the sacred tree in Congo Square. One, voodoo dolls being something very Western and commercial and uh, imaginative and creative and outside the bounds of authentic voodoo. Um, the real history of authentic voodoo not being attached to that. Um, and, and then doing it at the sacred space. So. I'm nervous when people say, do you teach classes? I'm nervous when people, you know, so I respect you. So I want your definition of a work study. You might be able to help me to evolve that in my own thinking of a work study that doesn't violate uh, our mysteries, our secrets, our protocols, our traditions, uh, our ancestors. There's a big debate in TikTok and in social media right now about teaching um you know, once coded languages um, that we needed for our own survival, um, you know, to avoid the oppressor, to avoid slave catchers, to avoid, you know, mutilation and, and brutality, now being widely available and now popularized in social media. And so there's some queens that are really upset about that. And I've seen many videos uh, people are really worked up about, you know, teaching these uh, once coded, secret, mysterious, you know, languages and dialects that our enslaved ancestors used for survival to communicate great things among each other, Um, understanding we were in an environment where they thought we were dumb and ignorant anyway, uh, didn't want us to read it. So, you know, they heard gibberish. They thought it was gibberish. You know, they expected it to be gibberish. And it took them, you know, some 400 years to (laughs) now... Google it and being and you know and, and find out that you know we again averted their system with own ingenuity and, and our creativity. So I like to be available to all. So I have things that I share and teach internationally, nationally, locally, and the things that are within the, the dynamics of the family, the initiated 
those who are committed to the, the systems and indeed I don't turn down uh, readings unless it's foolishness. I don't turn down readings or an opportunity to, you know, consult Fa, Afa for information about destiny, for messages about our destiny, uh, how we should act, how we should move, how we should protect, defend, uh, cleanse at any particular moment in our in our interactions. Uh, but indeed. People who, you know, have a particular request, you know, love and relationships, career, education, health, wellness, you know, finances, um, and that's sort of, the, you know, the end of the road for their interest. Um, I, I tend to focus on that request. Um, I don't go into deeper levels of information. I don't go into explaining a whole lot, much like at the doctor's office. Um, you know, how many of you, and I know it's going to be at least one or two in the group, but how many of you question what's in that, you know, did you clean that? <laughs> Who sat in this chair before? You know, we, we don't often do that. Uh, we could say the same thing about the grocery store. Some of you still don't read food labels. Some of you still don't care what's in your food. Uh, but we get real, real specific about what's going on in these rituals, you know, in these ceremonies. And often the motivation it's for people who want to uh, subvert, uh, avoid initiation, avoid uh, sitting and, and learning from elders, avoid uh, absorbing the knowledge and experience of others, uh, and, and think there's a quick shortcut into sort of working as practitioners. So that whole, as you can see, uh, class, workshop, it, it's all the trigger for me. Um, and I need my queens. I trust the power of uh, Iyami. I need my, my, my queen mothers, goddesses, to help me to better understand um, how I should think about classes uh, beyond initiation, um, how I should look at those things and how I should uh, reach out to a greater audience without sort of um, – um, okay, Otan, I'm, I'm confused, beloved, but give me a second. I, I'm going to get unconfused. So you're in the chat, so you can't, you, you can't, you see the link, right? But that's not working for you? I'm not being shady. I'm just asking. Okay, so now it's in the Facebook Messenger. And let's pray till there's no problem. Greetings, Ashley Allen. Greetings, Angel. Beloved, help me understand those initials behind your name. But, but greetings, Angel. Mrs. Jones, me and Mrs. Jones, howdy family. How you doing? Thank you for coming by again. Uh, DP, maybe not exactly initiation, but learning under you. See, now see, that, that, that's where it gets complicated for me. That's where it gets complicated for me because we had to learn, you know, when we say throwing the bones, for instance, um, for me, that, that's akin to throwing shells. That's akin to pounding palm nuts, for which, um, you know, there are many books on the market that, that teach that, that talk about that, that go into great detail about that, um, for which I have no feeling for. 
you know, do your books, you know, read your books. And I strongly suggest people read, learn, have an understanding of that process when you come to the mat, when you come to the table. You know, we like the well-educated client. We ain't got to spend a whole lot of time teaching, educating, explaining, going into detail. But, but you know, learning to throw the bones for me is something that should be learned, taught under initiation within the dynamics of a tradition. Even if we're talking about hoodoo, conjure, root work, um, apprenticeship is, has been a part of the, the historic record since the record of hoodoo and conjure root work has been kept. So the idea that, again, DP didn't say this. I'm just speaking to it in a more general context. The idea that you somehow don't need initiation to, you know, pick up these books at the bookstore and, and, and do root work kinds, et cetera. I just don't suggest it. Um, and and old time, I'm sure, is going to have her own opinion about it. Um, in my own practice, in my own ministry, I, in my own clientele, I've seen it to be extremely problematic, extremely problematic. I'm going to give you one quick example. Uh, we say, oh, well, I'm just going to learn to throw the bones. You know, I don't really, I'm not trying to, you know, invoke Arisha. I'm not trying to invoke Loa. But you are the minute you get into bones. In fact, bones, you know, invokes the word egun. The word egun in Yoruba directly translates into English as bone. It symbolically is representative of the dead for us. And in greater sense, the ancestors for us. Egun the spirit or, or, or Orisha of the dead, if you will, that possesses the, 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 the uh, carnival suits, that possesses the, the ancestral suits during the masquerade and then starts speaking the voice for the ancestors, Egungun, E-G-U-N-G-U-N, Egungun, the uh, ascended ancestors, Sorry, the elevated. Sorry, I don't understand. Of course you don't understand, Google, because I'm not talking to you and you don't speak Yoruba. Okay, so forgive me for that. <laughs> so so um, we are invoking spirit. Even in the bones, you're invoking the dead. You, you're invoking Ekum. You're invoking Galette. You're invoking um, uh, Gede. You're, you're invoking um, all the Behrams and just the actions in throwing the bones. And one of my most popular videos on YouTube, for those of you who've never looked at you know, my top five videos or my top ten videos. There's one about um, what people don't don't know or don't tell you about not only psychic reading and spiritual reading, but the utilizing of these tools. For indeed, there are spirit forces, spirit powers connected to uh, uh, these tools, even tarot cards. I don't, I don't suggest turning over tarot cards when you're not in a legitimate reading. I don't suggest using tarot cards to practice learning tarot cards. If you want to learn tarot cards, read the book. Uh, understand the dynamics of the deck. Do some research. But don't start, every time you start turning over cards, you're flipping fates. You're mixing up your fates. You, you're recirculating energy every time, every time. Every time you do it for a client, every time you do it for yourself. And when you do it for a client, you're also doing it for yourself. Same same belief system in ethos. Same belief system in belief system in ethos. 
when you come to a Babalao, a Ianifa, a Hokan, whomever, and they're throwing bones, throwing shells, and they're, quote, unquote, doing divination, reading you, their own energy is caught up now in what's happening on that table and what's happening on that board. So not only might they give you homework, we too got to do homework. We might have to cleanse. We might have to burn certain things we use in that, in that reading because it was so hot or it was so egregious or it was so negative. That energy has to go somewhere. And for those Bible readers listening to me right now, it's in the Bible. Go back and read the Bay of Pigs. Go back and read the Bay of Pigs. And the Christ sent the demons, sent the jinns. They, they said, we got to go somewhere. We sent us somewhere. And he sent them into the pigs, and the pigs ran into the water. Read, read that story. Because for my quantum metaphysical listeners, all energy that ever existed in the universe was created at the Big Bang. And it's here for the duration. For the duration. So when you're cleansing, energy has to go somewhere. That toxicity has to go somewhere. When you eliminate, you don't do it in your living room. You don't do it in your bedroom. We did a few hundred years ago, you know, in, in, in the pot, but we don't do that anymore. And it has to go somewhere, right? It be carried somewhere. It's got to be flushed somewhere. And so it goes back into nature. It goes back into creation to be utilized somewhere else in creation for the good. It, it, it's, it's built into the yin-yang sign. Half black, half white with the swirl, the yin-yang sign. It, it's representative of duality, positive, negative, duality, necessary for our survival, necessary for our reality. So I, I, I know I said a lot <laughs> about classes, teaching, initiation. It, it, it's for me, for me. And again, um, DP, I'm not in conflict with... Um, you know, Louisa Tesh or uh, Maureen Gonzalez Whipler or, or uh, Tanya Pillar or, or any of the modern book authors that, you know, I, I'm not in, do your thing, writers, do your thing, literary artisans. There's space for artisans and artisans, whether it's creating painting, sculpturing, wood, writing, uh, dramatic art, performance art. Artisans take creative license. This we already know. This we already understand. I just draw a line between performance, artisans, demonstration, and real ceremony and real sacred space. Even in the performance in Congo Square or in the performance of a creative sacred space out in the community where we might be celebrating Mayasa or Kwanzaa or some other holiday or, or someone's uh, home going, someone's transition, like our second lines. You see, people see our second lines. I share the second line, especially on my TikTok. And, and that's a sacred space. It's a funeral. We're, we're, it's a sacred space. We're acknowledging the passing away, the transition from flesh, spirit of a human life, and we're in celebration mode beating those tamarines, and we're doing that second line, and people are dancing on rooftops and on top of fences and carrying their umbrellas, you know, and and, and to you, it's a party. To you, it's just a celebration. To the outside visitor looking on, you know, they start questioning a little bit. Ooh, is that sacrilegious? 
is it wrong for me to dance along with y'all? No, we, we're celebrating that life. We're celebrating that transition of spirit from one dimensional space to the other. But you can't say that because you witnessed the second line. You saw and understood and absorbed the dynamics of voodoo that, 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 that permeates the pores and the surfaces of that celebration, that demonstration. And for those of you who are just not hearing that for the first time, it's all voodoo. Second line is voodoo, baby. So jazz, jazz is voodoo, you know, and, and how we put that together in, in demonstration here in New Orleans is unique in the world. It's unique on the globe. And it is why I love my city. It's why I take great pride and honor in the culture and the tradition and practice of New Orleans. We're said to be the most Caribbean city in this hemisphere. We're said to be the most African city in America. And, and I try to share that, demonstrate that with you, you know, in this space. But um, teaching and, and, and Orisha, beloved Orisha, Chef Bougie, um, many others among us will tell you that um, it's not the same thing um, as, as initiating with me. Uh, it's a great deal that I don't say on air. It's a great deal you don't hear on air. It's a great deal that I don't explain on air. But I say it, and it's coded in our tradition. And whether it's coded in Ifa or Otum understands what I'm not saying, whether it's coded in voodoo, the voodoo audience, whether it's Haitian or West African or New Orleans hears it in what I'm saying, but I don't often go into detail. I, I learned that early on in my podcasting experience. Uh, it could be problematic. On our last show, I talked about, you know, the state of conflict and arguments in the, in the black nationalist community and the black spiritual community in the ATR community, uh, back around the early 2000s, 2005, you know, and how it sort of dissipated, uh, 2010, and we started looking in other directions. So um, I'm cautious. And if there is a way to do it, um, you know, I appreciate your assistance. I, I do. I have others that are assisting me right now. My sister Wapani. Uh, one of my godchildren and, and my god family, Chef Bougie and his wife, assisting me right now as it relates to um, um, teaching, getting things down in, in book form, in literary form, uh, in a way that shows uh, respect, gratitude, but also teaches uh, the dynamics of these traditions from the way that someone who is uninitiated can learn, can learn how to learn. Because we're often asked that, well, how do I learn? What books do I read? How do I find, you know, we tend to spend a lot of time sharing that. Um, Otan wanted even today for us to share. Um, Greetings, beloved. I hope you got your technology together. Uh, wanted us to share even today uh, more of our gratitude, you know, for our experience, you know, the blessings that have come out of our experiences, out of our challenges. And so I'm grateful for her always. Come on in, beloved. How you doing? Speak your truth. Let me uh, scan my chat. 
that's basically it. It's about finding what resonates with you. And once you find what resonates with you, research. Look who you feel that connection with. And, and look at what they're into. Learn their character, what they're about. Do their values and what they represent in life line up to what you value in life, what you want to represent. Because this is not something that you can just, like a lot of people, unfortunately, when we're coming into the church or whether you're in the church or out of the church or in the mosque or what have you, a lot of people dealing with spirituality, um, they're hurting, right? They're, they're coming from a place of brokenness a lot of the times. They're coming from a place of pain, from a place of not understanding, from meeting. Or, or basically having things happen and they know something is going on and they're not understanding exactly what's going this way or, or why it's going that way. Um, many different reasons, okay? Um, so when they're coming into this, they're coming into this feeling a lot, like they're, they're searching for something, they're seeking. And, and when we get into those places and we allow our minds on Ifa, as we say, our Ori, to reside in those spaces, we may... Uh, in some cases, inadvertently open ourselves up to be led astray to spiritual attack because we're seeking, and sometimes when we're in seeking mode and when we're hurting, we don't look at what could really make sense. We, we, in essence, dumb down and downplay ourselves and go, well, you know what? I don't know how this works, so I'm not going to say something, or I, I don't know how, how I'm supposed to do that, so I'm going to just let them treat me like this or say this. No, baby. Common sense is in every aspect of your life. Critical thinking is a part of your, all of all about survival. Okay, so when it, when you know that something is resonating with you, you feel it. It's not what you hear, what you see, you feel it. But it's the same thing when something is not resonating with you, you feel it. So that's kind of how you start getting on your journey. Um, Y'all already know, Divine Prince has been here for years. He's here to help. Baba Aloya is here to help. I am here to help because there are different people and, and different personalities that are going to resonate differently. So you have some people that want to deal with females. You have some people that rather deal with males. Some people don't matter. But just know that whatever the path, whatever what you feel the issue is or whatever the concern, we are here to help because as peace, that is part of our job. First and foremost, we are to be of service. And know that when you're walking into this, that everybody isn't called to be a priest. Some people just need to receive a shrine to have it to change something negative in their life, to reverse the outcome, for a or just claim protection, any number of things. It does not mean that they're meant to be a So once you kind of find the path in which you're going, I encourage you to get with someone you can trust. Have divination done. That way you know the path that you're supposed to go and push forward from there. Bit by bit, it's a marathon, not a sprint. So I certainly agree, beloved. I do. And, and I think, um, you know, my cousin's question was a little bit more practical even. Um, you know, Oladamari, for those who don't know, that means God. Um, you know, you can, you know, read, study, get an understanding of a wide range of ethnic groups and, and ethnic traditions. But in, in really starting that journey, I think finding someone who's authentically demonstrating and walking in these traditions in the way that you admire or, or what, think you can gain something from, and then finding out where they are. 
um, who they're sitting under, you know, or, or in, in the best case scenario, go to the, the, the person who leads that house, you know, someone like myself or, or my other cousin, uh, Oloye, Ifawole, or Otan, and, and get some kind of direction as to how you, you come in, you know, to the practicing or the tradition. Um, in the most practical sense, I, I start with the ancestors. No matter who comes to me, uh, what their background, what their ethnicity, I generally speaking, start there. Uh, the ancestors, in, in my opinion, they sell this lifestyle. They sell this culture. They sort of prophesize, you know, this tradition through demonstration. So if I can just get people in the mindset to want that ancestral understanding uh, and, and then start to demonstrate that in practice, creating sacred space, uh, it, it typically opens up the higher octaves in, in the mind and the consciousness and makes it that much more easy for an individual to hear and to see and to interpret what's being said to them by spirit and the ancestors. And as my cousin said, and then in that space of trust and support, have a legitimate divination done. Tarot cards is not a legitimate divination in these practices, in these traditions. It's, it's not. It's not. And even if I were to use bone reading for an example, there are a lot of people out there who are uh, producing books about bone reading that have something to do with I feel, I see, and I interpret, that's not how bone reading works. Um, it's, it's mathematical and scientific, just like Ifa, just like Fa, just like Afa divination. So it's much more complex than that. So there are those who are doing authentic bone readings, and then there are those who are just moving some chicken bones around on the table and yeah. Yeah, so I can tell you anybody that goes to uh, Eliana or Babalawe for divination and they whip out a tarot deck, you better run. Because there is nothing efficient in tarot. No disrespect to the tarot because that's the form, but it has nothing to do there. Now, I, I understand that different people operate in a barrage of gifts. Okay? I'm not saying that. Uh, each person has to have one specific spiritual gift. What I'm saying is, if they're saying this is what I'm practicing, if, if someone is saying uh, I am Babalao or I am Yanisa, I uh, practice Ifa, then you will be either getting a reading, they will have either Calvary shells or Puelle or be. You, you know those things, okay? Um, just as with, uh, with whatever, you know, what Divine would use, when he uses divination according to um, New Orleans voodoo, you know, you, the, the divination tools are what they are if they're saying and advertising they're using this specific system. But no, you shouldn't be going to a Baba Yaw or Yanifa book or, or in, in getting divination done with a tarot deck or vice versa. It, it, whether it is a tarot deck or they whipping out crystals, that's, that's not in line with what they practice. Now, I will say this. That's more along the line of when you're, I would say, teaching. I would never say to no one, oh, don't use this or that when you're doing certain things because your gifts are your gifts. I mean as far as saying 
when a person says no, this is what I'm doing as far as Isheshe traditional Ifa is Isheshe Lezba, um, is what it's called. And basically, um, you're saying, okay, this is what I'm doing according to this. If you're doing an Ifa reading, then you're not using tarot. You're using the tools in which that system has already set. And that's with any system. So like I said, it's not to knock anybody's gift. And I get that in our day-to-day as we run our business and do certain things without our She may have multiple gifts that she incorporates for that. But it's just the labeling of it you have to be careful with. So make sure that you know what you're looking for. When you connect with these spiritual workers or however uh, title they, they use, um, because it, it, it works. It, it is some research. You know, so there's not going to be just you're going to fall into it hands off and everything is going to work. You're going to have to put something into it to really get something back out on that. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, even if your path is not Ifa uh, or what, what have you, you know, you have divine, you have Baba Lady, they can help you and actually connect you with reputable priests and people that they know that we know that will be able to further your growth without you running about the proverbial rug getting snatched from under your feet. So there's always a lot because this community is not that big. The, the ACR community within um, the United States is not that big. So a lot of the times people cross paths a lot, a lot. So um, again, like I said, we're, we're definitely um, here to help. And I was looking at the chat too. Devon, where are you? Do we have any questions? You know, we talk and talk, and I always say it's good to hear from people. Um, I invite anyone listening, watching, please. Devon said it, call in. He gave the number. We want to hear from you. It, it, it's kind of hard sometimes when we're always just talking, talking, talking. We need to hear that. We want to hear you. Um, I'm going to show you where you are from. How are you? Um, so we want to hear from you, you know, so please share, call in, comment, something. We, we definitely um, would, would love to hear from you. Anyone? I most certainly um, have you, and on the occasion, um, do you tarot and other, other forms of, of divination. Um, I'll make a clear yeah. distinction between the two, between operating within ATR tradition um, traditionally and, and then other forms of divination that you might experience in psychic reading and in fortune telling. I live in an entertainment town. I live in a tourist town. Uh, people want that kind of thing in, in you know, Jackson Square. People kind of want that thing at bridal showers and, you know, various entertainment venue events. Uh, but I don't bring Loa into that space. I don't bring Orisha into that space. I don't bring uh, the traditional practice uh, into that into that space. And, and I stick to whatever uh, centric system that I'm accessing at that time. Uh, and I make that clear, you know, in the demonstration. Uh, I don't even um, offer tarot reading services anymore uh, because of sort of that confusion and, and the continued sort of subliminal message that uh, somehow these traditional ethno-cultural belief systems are witchcraft, are, are mixed up in, in, in paganistic uh, belief systems and 
and traditions uh, globally and, and worldwide, and it's just not true. Uh, one of the things that continues to sort of, you know, empower me is when my mother is confronted with, you know, the uneducated and in, and in the worst case scenario, the ignorant. Uh, when it comes to who I am and what I do and what my demonstration is and how we are able to come together and meet at the middle and, and communicate uh, from the middle without conflict and, and confusion, uh, whereas they're still trying to pray the devil away. Uh, they're still trying to pray the, the witchcraft away. Uh, and, and, and indeed, still praying away their own remembrance of self and self-consciousness and self-awareness, all, all the way down to the bone marrow, all the way down to the DNA structure that rests in the traditions of our ancestors. I say it all the time. There would be no church in America if it weren't for black people bringing these afro uh, uh, Caribbean traditions into the U.S. and embedding them into religion as we know it in America today. There's no church, there's no Christian temple, and in many ways there's no Muslim or, or, or Hindu, you know, or Krishna temple in America that does not give some some credibility to the foundations that our ancestors laid in spirit practice, spirit worship spiritual connection. Um, so it's a thin line for me um, between, you know, can we all get along in the communal gatherings of uh, a, a diverse religious community uh, in a, in a quote-unquote Christian setting. And, and that's one of the reasons why I chose that word, the fold, the fold. You know, a Christian always praying to bring you into the fold to bring you in, you know, like, like, like bringing a soldier into, you know, into that army, you know, bringing you into that, that number, you know, it, it's a numbers count for many, not all, but for many, you know, how many numbers can I, can we bring into this, you know, into this fold? Um, but we are the fold. The indigenous community is the fold. Our, our belief system and practice indeed is the fold. And when we look at the trend for those who are moving away from these organized uh, religious systems as they are and are seeking an alternative, many of them are, are, are returning and turning to their traditional indigenous roots. And so we are the fold. We are the new fold, Pastor. We are the new fold, Bishop. We, we are. And for some of you, that's disheartening. For others who, who are spiritually Incline, you get it, you understand, and there will be a day and time where we will all come together uh, and be able to acknowledge the, the divine Creator and the Most High as it is, without you know seeking to denigrate the, the end of what makes us individual as as people, as, as humans, as ethnocultural uh, travelers who bring their traditions and their belief systems to the table of whatever religious or philosophical practices might be in discussion, might be talked about. So, again, I, I, you know, when I say teach, I, I did that for the museum. I did that for uh, Louisiana State Museum. I did that for the Presbyterian. I did that for Mysteries in Motion. And, of course, those videos are available on this channel. They're also available on my Hoodoo Central LLC YouTube channel. And, of course, in my, in my social media where we talk about 
voodoo. We teach the history of voodoo, the travel of voodoo, the evolution of voodoo, how it got here, you know, what it is or is not, what it looks like, what it takes to come into the tradition historically and even, you know, today. But it's not initiation. You know, if I go into the Smithsonian, go into the museum, and, and you walk through the Yoruba exhibit, oh, my goodness, and they've got huts, and they've got, you know, pottery and, and shell and beadwork and, 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 and historic texts and, and historic videos, you know, but, but you're just having a virtual experience. You're having a virtual learning, you know, and, and maybe entertaining engrossing experience, but it's not the same thing as living the lifestyle, walking the lifestyle, and initiating into your lifestyle. It's like me pretending to be old time, and I ain't had no babies, and I don't have no titties, and I ain't never been a woman, and, you know, I I ain't never walked, you know, you know, we all have our own life path to lead. So these traditions are a life path unto themselves. And so we don't learn each other overnight. I didn't learn Otan in, in two days. I didn't learn her, you know, in, in three weeks. I'm still learning who she is. She's still learning who I am. And, and that's, I don't want to digress, that our inability of relationships today in the West. And it's carried globally by way of our devices, our inability to, to be relationship builders. We isolate self-isolate, you know, and, and our toys encourage self-isolation. Oh, my God, you can get caught up in TikTok for hours before you even realize what's happening. They've even got videos, you know, periodically where, you know, the black guy or the white guy jumps in there and says, hey, you've been on here for a while. You need to get up and go get some water and walk around and put this device down. I mean, you know, it's, it's a pop cultural joke now how much time we spend in the virtual reality. And the virtual reality is okay for learning, for teaching, for selling, for educating, for communicating, for spreading the word, for spreading the message. But you've then got to get off of here and and do this in the real world. And I think that's what Otan was trying to get me to do today, you know, was to, to get us as a community to speak more to what is all this conversation we have here every day? What does that look like on the ground, on the street? Once you turn this cam off and you walk outside your door, what does that look like? You know, uh, I'll tell you what it looks like for me. It looks like uh, right in the middle of my introduction, somebody's ringing my bell and talking to my ring, you know, my ring system, <laughs> trying to get in, <laughs> you know, when maybe they should have been somewhere with a device tuned into the podcast, sharing their knowledge, sharing their love, sharing their questions, sharing their information, indeed growing our awareness of each other, and then establishing an appointment, you know, to get in the house. It surprises me how many people take shortcuts just to come and see me and get into the house. And then I have to explain to them what this is, what we do, who we are, what we represent, how we teach, how we interact in the world. Uh, greetings, one Wapani, my beloved sister. How you doing? I see. Um, uh, we had a question. I'm going to throw that. Throw that. Yes. Um, he said, "How does the woman's role, the woman's role in Esau, the Abraham faith, 
i.e. modern Christianity. Y'all uh, keep calling them their folk mm-hmm. tradition. I'll talk about that later. Mm-hmm. Forgive me, Otan. Dousing falls, dousing falls under folk tradition. I'll talk about that later. Uh, okay. But, okay. but we're going to respond um, to um, Otan's question. Say, um, say the question again. How does the woman's role in Ifa differ from the Abraham faith, i.e. modern Christian, Islam, etc.? Um, and to be to be quite honest, um, to be quite honest, Goldwater, it's hard a little bit because <sighs> much of the modern world, in addition, the religion is based off of patriarchy. Um, I would say it would have to depend on the Baralawa. It would have to depend on the Alua, the Ile. Because growing up in the Christian church, I saw women mostly, and when I say in a service role, I don't mean, I mean like, Cooking in the kitchen, ushers, pastors' aides, things like that. There were literally, there are more um, women evangelists, prophetess, and things like that today than there was when I was younger. Because a lot of the times it was the, the men preaching and things like that. Now, yes, you had older, you know, like the church mothers and things like that, but they weren't open, active ministers. They were the church mothers. They sat up front and a few with big old hats and all their designs and who to stack up the highest with the, and the fans, you know. They're it. They ate first. They ordered, you know, they bought a couple of sweet potato pies and argued over who was the best, whatever. But it was mostly male-oriented, um, I can say that I have seen that as far as what I've seen in Ifa, um, they do speak specific things about uplifting women, and as far as um, a lot of the deities and a lot of the things that are rooted as far as Ifa is quite feminine. Um, Ifa is adamant to speak on the importance of women. Adamant, because a lot of the key components contained therein feminine and based off of certain things, you know, powerful women or female deities, female, you know, energy deities and things like that. So um, I can say that I have felt more empowered in Ifa and being able to be guided with connecting with my ancestors and um, with spirit in general. Uh, spirit or Madier, however a person chooses to resonate or connect with that entity. Um, so for me, I feel that Ifa was a bit more empowering and uplifting. I know in today's world, you know, as women are way really more active in the church, way more powerful, holding positions, going further and doing a whole lot of other things. Um, but I will say for me, personally, because it's different for everyone, I can't speak to that question on everyone. Because there, there, there's different, there's different answers for that. Perspective is everything, you know, right? So, um, for me, I found 
important for us to be more empowering, more uplifting. I found a lot of my strength, um, some of which that I had uh, pinned down and some of which I didn't even know was there. I found that in each box. So for me, um, but I, I, I would say it's, it's quite different, quite different. And, and so far, I'm loving it. It doesn't mean that it's less work. It doesn't mean that it's more work. It just means that that's what's connected with me, with my soul, and I ain't never letting go. So um, I encourage everybody to find that peace, to find that, that, that path that leads them to the very best thing that they can be because before you even get there, you know, everything else is just practice. Everything else is just practice. So I hope, uh, go right up. I hope that answered your question um, to the best of my ability. And if not, we can keep on going till we get there. Um, are there any other questions from people? I haven't heard much from people today. I need to hear people can not I, calling in this phone on y'all. Can I answer any questions? <laughs> Come on. You asked that, and then you asked for the next question. Come on now. Um, I would say... <laughs> First, ATR general and then voodoo specific. Um, ATR first taught that the black woman is God. The black woman is God. The black woman is God. That's the first thing that ATR, the general umbrella of all these traditional practices of, of, of Africa, taught me was that the black woman is God. That's the first thing. Now, in voodoo specific, and particularly to Louisiana voodoo, the black woman is God. The black woman is God. And, and she is, is the hierarchy from the top down. She is God, Mawo Lisa. He is God, Mawo Lisa. And they are inseparable in fine. F-O-N, and the fine ethnic group, ethnic language that we often support voodoo upon. Similarly in, in Ewe, E-W-E, Ewe people. So Mawo Liza speaks to the duality of God. Olo Dumare, if you understand Olo Dumare, speaks to the duality of God and the supreme power of the Great Mother that births all things. Even in our ancestral festivals, in Yoruba, you have Egungun, who represent everyone, men, women, and children. You have tall Egunguns, small Egunguns, masculine Egunguns, feminine Egunguns, all three within one demonstration sometimes. Indeed, but then you have Gelede, very popular in, in Yoruba, but also popular in other voodoo-based ethnic communities, Gelede, G-E-L-E-D-E, Gelede, which is the masquerade of the Our Great Mothers, Awan Iyami, Our Great Mothers. So if it's being demonstrated authentically, because uh, toxic masculinity has made its way into Africa by way of Islam and Christianity, you know, and you, and you now see sort of this male dynamic some of you are under the misrepresentation that somehow the man controlled and owned and dominated the, the African household. That has never been true. It's more true now because of Christianity and Islam. Western influence, they don't like to hear that. Christianity and Islam represent Western influence. Okay, but in the traditional setting, 
the woman owned the house, built owned the house, and housed herself and her children. Hear what I say, herself and the children. The man had to sleep outside. He had nowhere to go. They had a communal hut for the men. Or the man built, built, had his own shelter separate from. But the woman controlled the marketplace. The woman controlled the household. That was corrupted through colonization. That was corrupted through the journey of the, of the missionaries. And that's why for me personally, church is still laden heavily with shadow work for me because I'm constantly fighting and battling those oppressive extensions to church and Christianity and religion and, and how we as overcomers, the new foes, continue to heal and sort of eradicate that from others. So the idea that somehow the woman is behind. I think in Islam, the woman walks behind the man. In Christianity, the woman takes the man's last name and, 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 and it's sort of sold off for a ring and, and some flowers, you know, to, to the man who then devails her. You know what that's about, okay? <laughs> who then devails her, okay? And, um, you know, so if we're operating in indigenous practice, Indigenous practice, Aztec, Mayan, you know, uh, Asiatic, you're going to see the great mother rise to the top as God first and the giver of life and the giver of humanity. And so, you know, Iyami, that great power of women, is present in all things Ifa, but it's present in all things Voodoo. It's present in all things Fa. It, 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 it is innately connected to those shells, to those bones, to, you know, to those palm nuts. It's a part of the process. So, um, you know, when I look at Christianity and Islam and it's sort of the lessening of the power of women, uh, making Eve to be somehow wicked, uh, removing Lilith from the biblical record altogether, and then turning Lilith into a, a, a witch, um, all those things continue to sort of degrade the power of women, um, keep women feeling inferior somehow to men, uh, keep women, you know, supporting a man in, in their household, or I should say a male in their household, uh, because they think it's the right thing to do to have a male in their household uh, for their children as opposed to having a man in their household for their children. Um, it keeps uh, us you know, interdependent and codependent on, on each other in a way that's not healthy, that doesn't support the dynamics of, of, of whole families. We talk about whole food, whole families. Um, for indeed, our women are maintaining wholeness in the family, e- even when the, when the husbands have been removed are absent or are not there. Uh, we survive on the, on the backs, the blood, the sweat, and the tears. The, the power, the Iyami of our great mother. Um, so for me, you know, it, it's, it's an inseparable philosophy to someone who's authentically operating in Akan, Fan, Ewe, Yoruba, Ikbu, Hausa, which, which has a strong Islamic flavor, but even among the Hausa, um, we must show 
greater acknowledgement to our women. And I'm alarmed by the men who see that as somehow some competitive space to keep uh, the idea of, you know, black men against black women in the, in the, in the division of the household somehow being uh, fostered by black women and black women somehow being used as a tool in a pawn. And, and let's be clear, you say the same things about me. Oh, what a homosexual, you know, is the cause of the fall of the black family. And if homosexual is being used to divide the family, divide the household, and the yada, 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 you know, it's always the outside projection. And when you're king, when you're God, there is no outside projection. The, the responsibility, the, the, the autonomy, the uh, stewardship, the authority, not autonomy, the authority rests with you. It rests with you. And we can create and recreate the reality that mirrors our best interests if we want to. We just have to want to. And so when we say that it's a lifestyle, as, as Lola Nola said earlier, as Otan said earlier, as many other people said earlier, but it's a lifestyle that you manifest because you want to. You have to want to. I can remember the day, the time, the hour. What is it, book, chapter, and verse? I was in California. Y'all heard me tell this story before. Pasadena threw out every Western piece of clothing I had except drawers and T-shirts. But if it was pants, suits, ties, dress shirts, threw them all out. Got rid of every bit because I was determined in that moment that this was going to be a lifestyle, not a look, not a fashion move. Not something that I rolled up in in February. Not, not something that, that now makes me look popular in social media because I have dreadlocks or because I wear African clothes and everybody else in the room named Mustafa and, and Muhammad Ali and, and, and et cetera. No, it's about what you do when no one is looking, when you don't have a camera on, when you don't have an audience. And indeed, what you do in your house with your family, with your children. And I'm speaking now to my first cousin, uh, Mosaic, but I'm also speaking to everyone. Because it's still people, not you, Mosaic, but, but I just want you to hear what I'm saying. It's still people who are operating in this tradition, and it's still a secret from their mama and their children and their spouse. It's in the closet. They acknowledge an ancestor in the closet. And, in, and, and not teaching it, not passing it on, and are not telling their children why I'm pouring this libation and, and, and not calling out those family names. I'm shocked at the people who don't know their grandparents by name, they don't know some of their close relatives by name. I'm a little shocked. We're, we're losing it in that regard. Just like people don't remember their phone book in their minds anymore, People don't, people don't remember all their, their contacts and phone, because your devices do that for you now. It's very few people who remember their phone numbers naturally anymore. So just think about the family members that are being born, that are transitioning, whose names are being lost to time until you do that Ancestry.com, you know, and, and these names start showing up in the documents and, and in your results, you never heard the folks. But once upon a time, old folks could recite generations, seven generations or more, just off the top of their head, who the mama was, who daddy was, 
I'm sorry, Devon. Um, Brianna Williams, she said, is there a local? She, her son is at home. She wants to know if there, she's in New Orleans. And she asked a while ago, and I almost forgot her. She said she's been there the last month, and her altar is at home. Is there like a public altar somewhere in uh, New Orleans that she can go and still and take her time and pray? I figured that you'd be the perfect person to tell her where to go for that. Um, I'm trying to find your question so I can know who you are in the chat. Are we talking about Brianna? Brianna oh, okay. She's been in New Orleans for the past month. Mm-hmm. Altar at home. Is there like a public altar here in New Orleans where I can sit and take my time to pray? I would say there's more than one. Um, y'all know why I'm hesitant. I'm always trying to be diplomatic when I hesitate. Because, uh, you know, I don't want to start a run on, you know, tourists, we love you, we welcome you, we need you, we support you, especially our mask, double mask, wearing, sanitation, carrying tourists, we love y'all, for sure. Um, but just, you know, these aren't tourist spots. These are sacred places that I'm about to mention. And some are easier to access than others. For a reason. Some of them have been abused, and so therefore they're harder to get to. uh, St. Louis Cemetery, number one. Marie Laveau's tomb, harder to get to. Somebody even blocked me from being able to check in there from Foursquare, from Foursquare, or on Swarm. You know, I check in from there, and it just just disappears into the atmosphere. Now, I'm not going to say who. It could be the Catholic Church because they do own it. They do control it. And, and there is a bit of a squabble going on right now between the Catholic Church and New Orleans and the tour guides, and particularly the black tour guides. So they may have blocked, you know, me from being able to check in there publicly for, for that reason. I don't know. So the idea that you can just go in and see Marie Laveau like we used to, like you see in my old video, you can't do that anymore. In fact, I'm one of the few voodoo practitioners who can get in to St. Louis Cemetery Number One with, without an armada, to a, a licensed tour company. And right now, no tour companies are given access to the cemetery right now. And when that does happen, I believe that's going to be September 1st. It might have been August 1st, but I think it's September 1st. What I heard was, the rumor is there's only going to be two white, wealthy tour companies that you're going to be able to access, have to access, in order to get into St. Louis Cemetery, number one, and see Marie Laveau's tomb at all. So, so that's, you know, now I can tell you some other ways to access, but you have to email me and contact me off air. Uh, another place, major place, I might even say it might be number one on your list, Brianna, is Congo Square. You indeed want to be in Congo Square on a Sunday afternoon between 3.30 and 6 o'clock. That's church. That's voodoo. That's hoodoo. That's Yoruba. That's Akan. That's Sangoma. That's Agrio. That's your doula and your heel herd. H-E-A-L hyphen H-E-R. Your queens, your kings, your elders, your children, your drummers, your dancers, 
between 3.30 and 6 o'clock on a Sunday in Congo Square. You can visit Iyami Tree, the great mother tree, over six, 700-year-old tree that sits in, in our sacred space that feeds the other trees in the park. Uh, of course, you're welcome to go there today, anytime during the day um, and sit quietly because usually there's some minimal people there. You might have the occasional, you know, tour group that will come through there. You might have the occasional dog walker who might disrespectfully try and take their dog up to the tree. Um, but for the most part during the week, there's only going to be a handful of young people from Covenant House hanging out in the park, maybe one homeless person. It, it, homeless people don't hang out there like you would think, uh, and it may be those hard metal park benches. I don't know. But, um, you know, it might be one homeless person at the moment. Um, so it's safe. You know, it's quiet. It, it does have security. Uh, but it is our sacred ground, and it is that land that we are fighting City Hall uh, uh, and the Mayor Cantrell uh, to not only keep City Hall out of the municipal auditorium, Morris F. X. Jeff Senior Municipal Auditorium, but also for the community to determine what happens in that building. So when you're at the tree, that building just adjacent to that tree, that's the municipal auditorium that we're fighting over right now, Brianna Williams. So that's a place. There's also a place that's um, new to people and people miss often or aren't aware of, and that's right on the river. Go all, go through the – leave Congo Square. So take St. Anne, St. Philip, any of those streets. Go straight. Just keep going straight through the French Quarter all the way till you hit water. And when you hit water, you're going to hit what we call the moon walk. It sits behind Cafe Du Monde. It sits behind the French market in the French Quarter. Uh, and there's a space there just for the Middle Passage, transatlantic slave trade. It has a historic marker, you know, those brown historic markers, historic places throughout America. So I believe it's nationally registered um, as a heritage site. Uh, the marbling on the sidewalk is different than any other part of that walk. It's black and white, almost like checkered board. And that's another place where you can go and sit and be at the river, use your imagination. There will be ships on the water, so you, it won't be hard to use your imagination. And envision ships bringing, you know, your ancestors in through the bellies of those ships through that waterway into those ports. Uh, P&O ports, Port of New Orleans, you know, and, and further ports upriver. So those are three spots just right off the top. Um, my neighborhood, Treme, historic Treme, the first and oldest free black neighborhood in America. Call it a neighborhood, call it a suburb, call it a community. We are the first free black community in America. So this neighborhood, people come to this neighborhood to support libation, to meditate, to pray, to connect with ancestors, to connect, indeed, with, with spirit. So, uh,
That way it stays on my body and my pot go to my luggage. Hold on. Or, you know, was this an unexpected extended trip? I'm just trying to understand how come you would lose the sign at home when, when doing that. Um, also, uh, what you can do, um, because you don't have your, your ET, I mean, you can always, you can pray that there's nothing to say you can't pray, you know, for E5. What you can do if you want as far as leaving an offering, um, as uh, Divine said, there's a river. It is a river, correct, Divine? Uh, yeah, it is. And and uh, okay. and the goat rider, mm-hmm. you know we're going to have to address that, bro. Um, the man was... <laughs> yeah, I think he was joking. I think he was joking. Because I, I looked at him and my eyebrows raised. I was like, yeah, okay.
especially now that we know this archive will last, outlast us and may last forever in the blog talk radio, in the YouTube, in the stratosphere, that this will last. And so 100 years from now, you know, our descendants will be looking at this and, and listening to the conversation. And like we're looking through our ancestors' words and trying to find a meaning and a purpose, they're going to do the same thing, you know, with us. So we have to be careful. I love what my first cousin, Mosaic, said, honey, <laughs> the soul's poet. And she is the soul's poet. <laughs> Her, her work, honey, is just, oh, my God, it, it takes you there. But but I digress. Uh, she says, Daddy walks her down the aisle because he owns her. He's giving away his property to the, to the next man. Absolutely. Is that a trait that we see in Eurocentric culture? Absolutely. Is that a trait we see in, in, in African culture, in Asiatic culture? Uh, absolutely. Absolutely. But often um. we... We, we view it out of context, and particularly now. So I agree with her. You know, it's about white male ownership. You say, oh, but we're a black family. We're, we're, we're a black husband and wife getting married. Yeah, but you're following a Eurocentric tradition that was not created by us. That ceremony wasn't created by us. Now, now if you jump in the broom or, you know, okay, that's, that's something different. You know, I, I, I do uh, voodoo wedding ceremonies. I bet you didn't know that. I've seen Ifa ceremonies. I bet you didn't know that. You know, I know that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So um, I agree, Mosaic. We have to overturn not only the wording, but the, uh, the thinking. Uh, Brianna, there's no problem with her joining live. Just follow the link. No, she just said I didn't know. Yeah, it's, a, it's in the... It's in the, the link. It's looking at um the it should be in right on the um under the YouTube on the link, Brianna. Um, Alexis, I did not forget you because I, I'm rereading this and I, I'm really trying to understand uh your question, dear heart, because it says if you are not initiated in Ifa tradition, but you are a beginner, okay, you're Omo Awo in the practice. Should you get married in that tradition, even though you are not fully initiated? Um, okay, so when you say married, okay, because some people use that term in, in, in different ways. Um, I'm trying to understand what marriage has to do with you being initiated or not to E5. And if you, are you asking if you should marry a Nigerian? Or I, I'm, I'm really trying to understand think, your question. Sure, I think... Um... I'm trying to say something humorous, but I can't find my words right now. Um, it, it's, it's that grade that you're 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 tasting right now. Cause you're not even initiated to get married. No, I think again, I think you're overthinking it. You, you're you're overthinking some of the questions. In my opinion, you're overthinking it. Now, I will okay. say for me. Can you hear me? Can y'all hear me? Yeah. Oh, okay. For me, the conflict comes in. Okay, let's say I'm having readings done, or I'm, I don't like to use the word dabbling, because sometimes we say that, you know, and we're being shady. But, but, I, but, but, but you said, because I haven't found your comment yet, I haven't had time to scroll down. So I'm only going on what Otan said. Um, but you said versus being shaded. Now, Otan, for me, when I hear that question, in the way you read it, 
I'm thinking of someone who is initiated in Ifa, who is doing what we all suggested, living a lifestyle thereof, is certainly going to marry through the Yoruba cultural system. So you're going to have an Ifa marriage or, 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 or Yoruba wedding, in, in my opinion. If you are, again, dabbling, learning, a beginner, in Ifa, not fully initiated, okay, but you want to get married. Um, there's, oh. there's the justice of the, the peace option as opposed to bringing Christianity into the mix or, or having a wedding at church and bringing that into the mix. So when I hear that question, that's what comes to my mind. You're a beginner. Yeah, I think what she's saying, like, should she stick with it? She said it, it because should she marry into it, even though, like, she's saying, and she, she clarified, she said, if my future husband um, it is not initiated, that, that doesn't matter. It matters that to me. Matter. It matters to me. Again, that, 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 be- well, well, that would be, because when I say that, like, I would not say don't marry this person or don't marry that person because they're not interested in Ifa or they're not. And I say that because first and foremost, everybody grows at different rates. So because a person may not be into this now, does that mean that there is not a destiny for them to do it later or that a door isn't going to open up or that their interest is not going to be key? And I say that from my experience. Why? Because my husband doesn't subscribe to nothing. My husband does not do religion, and it's nothing against Olegamadio. He didn't like it when I was in church because for him, it was a gimmick. It was a means to suck money out of people that didn't have it nowhere. And he has his own feelings about church and religion and all of that. Does he believe there's a God? Absolutely. But he's very hesitant to subscribe to anything because the idea of imperfect people putting rules on him to live up to when they're doing dirt. Like in his mind, this is how he works certain things out. So he has to get to know people. He has to see people for who they are, see how they're walking that walk before any of that. I will say this. Since I have been in Ifa, my husband is not much of a talker. He watches, okay? And he has been watching me walk my walk. He has been been watching me live this lifestyle, the way I get up, I do my prayers, me learning Yoruba, teaching it to our children, implementing me, principles, not just into my life, but into the lives of my children and how we are raising them, and he uh, for it. Guess what? He's supposed to be, he's going to be about a hour. He don't know that yet, but I noticed him taking interest in things. He's watching me. On occasion, he may ask a question, because some people, you have to let them come to that realization on their own. They cannot feel. So even if they see that there's something good going on, they want to see that they've done it on their own. So I cannot speak for everyone, but I will say I would not let that be a deterrent because when you have communication, when you have love, when you are working with an open dialogue and you're working towards something to build together, you don't have to get there at the same time. That's not a thing. And sometimes the issue that comes in relationships and marriages is when the husband and the wife or the spouse feel like they got to be in competition with each other. This ain't no race. My husband is not a part of Esau. 
at all. He provides for me and our children. He takes care of this house. We make decisions together. I'm not no less. He's not no more. I don't look at him no less because guess what? Until he gets where he needs to get spiritually, until it resonates within him, I'm his covering. I'm the priest of this house. You best believe I'm going to cover my husband and my children until he is ready. And we got to understand that power, and I'm speaking specifically to the women. See, what you got to understand is your walk is your walk. My walk is mine. My husband's walk is his. We are just living our lives, and our destinies happen to right now one parallel. Okay? Your husband's path or your future husband's path is his path. Your path is yours. It does not mean there cannot be harmony because y'all not on the exact same spiritual journey. In some cases and in some situations, yes, it could make that easier. It, 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 and it could, you know, change the dynamic of certain things. Different strokes for different folks. But all I'm going to say is I wouldn't suggest that someone doesn't do something or do it according to them being initiated or their partner or future partner not being initiated because we all go at different rates, rates and we got to give each other the grace and the space to do that. And sometimes it, it can get lonely. It gets lonely. You know, there are some things that I wish I could talk to my husband about, but I know I can start that conversation. He'll just look at me like I got a pity on my forehead. But I still try to, you know, include him as much as possible. So I get that. It can get lonely sometimes. But you got to stay the course because at the end of the day, this is your walk. This is your journey. And whether somebody's on it for the ride or not, whether they're beside you, whether they're holding your hand, or whether they're cheering you on, you got to be able to walk it on your, on your own. When it's lonely sometimes, when it's raining, when you don't hear nobody put up the choice, that's when your face is in, that's when you dig deep. Because it ain't always going to be a cheerleading squad. It ain't always going to be a spouse or a partner that understands or is walking that walk with you or really wants to understand what you're doing. The question is, do you understand what you're doing? Do you feel within yourself that you are growing, that you are improving, that you know you are on the path in which you are destined, that you agreed to before you came here? Because at the end of the day, when you came in this world, you came by yourself. You, you don't lean by yourself. So you have to be in it for you, sis. And yes, it's wonderful when the men step up, when our partners get in it, when we're doing it together, we're doing the work, and there's no thing that he wants to get there. But I wouldn't make that decision based on where they were or was or based on where I was wrong. Because all of that can change. You're not the same person that you were six months ago. You understand what I'm saying? And it can be just like that. So I hope that helps. If not, then let's keep going. We, we, we can keep on discussing it more. Um, I just want you to feel comfortable and know that that decision is yours. As long as Sarah says this is the husband and the person that you're supposed to marry, I suggest getting definition on it. I do, I do, I do. Because when we choose a people to marry sometimes, we look at all the wrong So I suggest that you get definition done. It's not going to be about who's initiated and who's not. It's whose soul is connected with that person that's going to be. So that's my answer, and I, I hope that does um, help some. And you are very, very welcome. Well, two ceremonies. Okay, so um, if you don't want to do traditional, that, that is also a thing. Also, talk to someone. Uh, maybe if you know an Ifa priest. Um, I do know our cousin Baba Aloye does uh, ceremonies like that. 
not to say for him doing a ceremony, but maybe speaking about it, maybe some kind of, you know, a counselor where maybe it'll help to get an understanding from his side, you know, from a man's perspective, maybe, and then on your side. So maybe something like that. Um, please reach out to Baba a lawyer. You know, he can help maybe explain five ceremonies a little more, but I've seen one. They're beautiful. I got married traditionally because this is before my walk now. I do plan on having a ceremony. Um, ooh, I should have planned it before. It's our 10-year anniversary. But uh, I, I do plan on having a ceremony with Baba Aloy to officiate, to, um, you know, to, to do it that way because it's something I truly desire. So, um, best of wishes, blessings of positivity, growth, and love. And, and if you need us, we are absolutely, absolutely here. Um, you talking to sure. me? You talking to me? Oh, I wasn't even a part of that conversation. You made it clear I had no opinion that I couldn't respond to what was being asked. Yeah, I, you haven't heard me for at least the last 40 minutes <laughs> because you've been talking over me. Oh, this works. Okay, this works. And I'm sorry, you are low. I didn't hear you. You haven't heard me for maybe the last 40 minutes. And so you made it clear you didn't want to hear my opinion. I wasn't allowed to respond. I, I had no comment on, on the question about marriage. And then you got personal. You got into your feelings about marriage and husband. And, and I'm going through the chat. I don't even see that in the question. I don't even see where she asked you all that extra stuff that you just said. So I am complete. Look at the private chat. I am completely lost, and I was in the middle of answering uh, Brianna Williams' question, and y'all mowed me down. And so, Brianna, as a tourist, absolutely, you can contact me. You can contact Our Sacred Stories, Denise. There are other tour guides locally in the city that are specific about Black history, Black culture, Black tradition. And, 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 and a local born and know where the places to go are. But as it relates to the whole question about the marriage thing, I absolutely do not agree. I, I, I accept what the magical book says about being unequally yoked. And today we live in a society where more than 67% of marriages do not survive. People are getting married over money. People are getting married over status, class, over I ain't got and I need. People are getting married over culture, over, over religion, over tradition. And we've had decades of examples of, you know, the Protestant-Catholic conflict. Once upon a time, you couldn't be Catholic and be president of, of America. Did y'all know that? That was a no-no. So the, the idea of marrying cross-religion, cross-culture, cross-ethnicity is a complex one. And I think we, we shouldn't just rush into that. We need to go into that conscious. We need to go into that with our eyes open. And, and when you're talking about someone who's initiating, learning, new on a tradition of Ifa, and then you have a partner who's either nothing or, or not practicing a religion, there could be a conflict. It's no different than someone who's claiming to be evangelical Christian. And then their mate is drinking, 
gambling, hanging out at the spot. It, it comes back to integrity, morality, shared value. Now, people can have shared value, integrity, morality, a way of being that transcends race, that transcends ethnicity, that transcends religion, that, that transcends culture. We like to say America is the melting pot for that. We like to say America is the, the example for that. But when we look at the numbers, when we look at the conflicts that show up in the, in the, in the divination, in the consultation, that, that's where we get down to the meats and the potatoes about what do you believe about yourself? What do you believe about the black woman being God? What do you believe about your power and your ability to create and recreate the reality that mirrors your best interests? And does your help me, that's, that's Bible language, does your partner mirror that, match up to that? So I think it absolutely matters, absolutely matters what, what religion, what cultural belief system, not only the parent represents, because we got folks, oh, well, my parents is Jewish, but we ain't never did. Or, or my family was Catholic, but I ain't never, you know, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about bringing two people together with a diverse inner standing about themselves in the world. It, it, it's a foundation for conflict. And so we look at the high numbers of divorce. Now, Otan's relationship is going great. We, we praise that. We honor that. We appreciate that. Be an example. Dem- set a demonstration for other people. I love happily married. Absolutely love it. That's why Chef Fuji and, and, and Arisha and, and many more that demonstrate that we come together and do this. But as a rule, as a rule, if someone comes to me, and, and they come to me at least three or four times a month, I'm thinking about getting married. I want to get married. We've been together five years, and now we're discussing moving forward. Absolutely, that comes in Odoo. Absolutely, that falls on the board. In, in, in the AFA, questions about family, family commitment, family belief systems and then marrying those two things together. So I'm not saying it can't happen. I'm not saying it shouldn't happen. I'm not saying it shouldn't be done. I'm saying that it can be complicated, for real, for real. And if you're new to your spiritual walk and you come from a problematic background, just like addiction, you one one drink away from being drunk again. You, you're one drink away from going back to your drug choice. You're one bad moment away from emotionally and spiritually going back to the skills you had and that you've utilized to get you from point A to point B. And now you're at point C, and you're new in your journey. You're new in your initiation. You're now learning a tradition, a whole, which, which includes a whole new language, a whole new way of looking at the days of the week a whole new way of getting up out of the bed in the morning. And, and, and you marry that someone who might not only not be a participant of your particular religious traditional practice, but might be completely ignorant. So in the course of dating, 
How long do you date? How long are you engaged? How much conversation takes place? How much relationship building takes place? It takes a whole lot of that to get to where Oton is and to be in a happy marriage with somebody who does not line up immediately with your spirit beliefs. It takes a lot to make that happen. It takes a lot to make a marriage happen. And I'm sure Oton and I'm not Oton, I'm sorry, Arisha and Chef Bougie wouldn't mind me using them as an example again. But, but they have a shared belief. I come out of a household that had a supposed shared belief that was a disaster and a nightmare. We went and sat on the church pew every Sunday, every Wednesday, every Thursday, every, uh, every Saturday. You know, we, we were present and, and hid a mess, a mess. So as a practitioner of some odd gears of my age, from families of my size <laughs> and having seen just scores of marriages, it's something worth looking at. It's something worth considering our, our, what religions we practice, what cultural nuances are we attempting to bring together. Because long-term, it's going to take more than sex and love, beloved. It's going to take more than a good feeling of the honeymoon. Once you're beyond the honeymoon, that's when who we really are as people begins to really kick in. Okay, Chef Bougie, I appreciate that, beloved. Otan, don't be uh, upset with me. I just have my own opinion. I'm not upset with your opinion, Divine. I'm upset with the manner in which you displayed and you expressed that opinion. I feel very disrespected, like you just chewed me. I'm not feeling that. I'm not. I love you. That's, I how, love I, you. that's how I felt. <laughs> I felt greatly disrespected. You talked over me. I kept trying to get my word in. Uh, and then you got you got worked up. You you got aggressive about it. And and and, and then you started talking about your marriage. I, I didn't even know that was in the sister's question. I, I'm still trying to decipher the sister's question. So, yeah, I'm a little disrespected. And I tried to reach you in a private chat, and you didn't respond. You didn't respond. So, you know, all is a blessing. All is a blessing. So I appreciate you all's participation. It's been a lively, lively two hours. Uh, I think that conversation about marriage and husbands, and uh, that's a trigger for many people. That's a trigger for many people. And in the West, religion is so deeply caught up into what marriage is that I think two people coming together, whoever they are, different, different, different cultural background, different ethnic and cultural nuances, but particularly those who are demonstrating ATR, that's something to be considered before coming in to a, to a, a legal commitment in this system. So I appreciate you all. I certainly do. Yes, uh, Mosaic, being unequally yoked is exhausting. It's exhausting, and it, and it takes a lot to make that happen. Thank you all. Thank you, Wapani. Yes, Buddhism is very neutral, and it teaches the mastery of self. Thank you so much, um, Uni, Uni, Uni Vero. It's been a minute since you've been here, but we certainly appreciate you. 
Yes, indeed. Thank you, um, Denisha Harris Ford. She said she started her path over a year ago, a little year ago, and have only depended on books and YouTube in her area. There are no houses or ATR community at all, so I thank you all very much uh, for this platform. We certainly appreciate you. Thank you, Fitness Girl. Yes. Rashad Jackson, greetings, beloved. Okay, you... This still Brianna, but you come out of another name. Okay. Yeah, it can be difficult to date outside of E5. Just waking up to pray is a loud activity. And it was a lot of noise for me, for her ex. So that's one point that was difficult. Yeah, um, I've had people that have a conflict with candles burning in the house. I've had people who have a conflict with just coming in the house and taking their shoes off and stepping over a red brick dust. And then the first room they see is full of altars enshrined. And somewhere back in the earlier part of the show, I talked about people still masking this tradition from their children, from their siblings, from their mother, uh, from their friends, from their peers. And I'm not just talking about people who might still be going to church. I mean, just are still hiding this, masking this as if this is something that, um, you know, still needs to be hidden. Uh, out, out of fear as opposed to respect. Uh, the Goddess Initiative says her husband doesn't practice either. And, yeah, we appreciate that. That is a, a rare find for any race, any ethnicity, any culture, that, that two people come together and there's, there's no conflict there. And then when children are born into the family, you know, are the children going to be raised, your religion, my religion, your culture, my culture? Do we let the kids just sort of grow and, and figure out uh, that on them on, on their own for, for themselves? Yeah, you cannot serve two masters. Th- that I agree. Thank you, Red Pill. I appreciate it too. I do. I don't know why I, when I give my honest opinion, people get so worked up, but all is a blessing. Um, Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Ola Dani Obioye. Greetings, beloved. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you again, Miss Jones. I look forward to meeting you all Friday at high noon. All is a blessing. ATR is African Traditional Religious Systems. African traditional religious system is ATR. Thank you kindly. Greetings until next time. Peace and love. Thank you, Blog Talk Radio. All is a blessing. Congo Square. The Omus Indians, the Omus Indians prepared this place for us centuries before our arrival, a sacred spot where corn festivals were celebrated. The Omus Indians prepared this place for us centuries before our arrival. 
Congo Square, a sacred spot where corn festivals were celebrated. And as the colonizers came, our host, the Omus Indians, they pushed aside our host. The colonizers came and pushed aside our host and introduced us in chains. And by the late 1700s, we somehow, recognizing the sacredness of Les Places de Congo, we somehow, and the how of our somehow persuasive methodologies is not clear at this moment. The how is not clear. How our persuasive methodologies worked is not clear at this moment. But nevertheless, even as slaves, we crafted and created a space where we could be free to be we. And thusly, thusly we countered the sacrilegiousness of the French, giving great homage to our ancestors as well as giving praise and thanks to our red-blooded brothers and sisters. This is an oral libation toast to Congo Square, to Native Americans, to our ancestors who made a circle out of a square and gave us a way to stay ourselves, save ourselves from the transformatory ugliness of America, which refuses to recognize the spirituality of life which refuses to recognize the spirituality of life and celebrates death with crosses and crosses, double and triple crosses, the middle passage, the first cross, Christianity, the double cross, and capitalism, the ultimate triple coup de grace cross of our captivity. But the terror of crosses notwithstanding, we sang, we beat, we be, we was and is. Hail Congo Square. Congo, Congo Square. Our African gods have not been obliterated. They have merely retreated inside the beat of us. Inside the beat of us, our African gods have not been obliterated. They have merely retreated, retreated inside the beat of us until we are ready to release them into a world that we recreate, a world harrowed by the beat, 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 being, beating, being of black heart drums, heart beat, heart beat, heart be at this place, at this place, be heart, be, be, we beating place in new world space, beating, being in place in new world, preserving our ancient pace, our dance is the God walk, our music the God talk. First thing we do, let's get together circle ourselves into community. No beginning, no end, connected together and singing 
ringing, singing in a ring. Second, let's be original, aboriginal. Be what we were before we became what we are. Be bambula dance. Be banza music and sing song words which have no English translation. Third, let us remember. Let us remember never to forget. Even when we can't remember the specifics, we must retain the essentials. Let us remember never to forget. Even when we can't remember the specifics, we must retain the essentials. The bounce, the blood, flow, the feel, the spirit, grow, energy, must retain and pass on the essential us-ness that others want to dissipate with out Hello. of us. Whoa! But no matter, no matter how much of us they prohibit, no matter how much of us they prohibit, deep inside us is us. Deep inside us is us. Remains us inside and needs only the beat to set us free. The beat to free us. It is morning, a sun day, a feel, a feel without shade, but dark, dark with the people black of us in various, various, various shades, eclipsing the sun with our elegance. We are centuries later now, and still this sacred ground calls us to remember, to beat, to be. We are centuries later now, and still this sacred ground calls us. To remember, to beat, to be, beat Congo Square, be Congo Square, beat, be.
it is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.